Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. For more information, visit us online at LifeGateBurleson.com. It is so good that we can all come together and join for a time of worship. Hope you guys are doing good at home. I hope you're healthy. Hope you're safe. I miss seeing your faces, but man, I am glad that we can connect here uh, live online. And man, I just, I just want to tell you, I love you guys so, so much. Thanks for joining us today. Would love if you'll interact with us on the message uh, today as well. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to start a brand new message series today called Who is Jesus? So I want everybody to just look at your neighbor and just tell them who is Jesus. Ask them just who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? I know that's a little bit awkward because we're online here, but we're just going to kind of lean in to that today. And I'm excited about this message series because here's what we're going to do is we're just going to look at the character and the nature of this incredible man that we follow. We're going to look at who is he? What does he stand for? How did he live? What did he do? And the goal of this series over this next few weeks is for us to just to get to know our Savior more. And I'm excited because this series is going to lead us up until Easter. I don't know if you realize it, but Easter is only three weeks away, you guys. And I know that with all the craziness that's happening in the world today, it's kind of hard to even believe. But three weeks from now, we're going to celebrate the resurrection of our Savior. And the way we celebrate may look a little different this year, but I'm just telling you, whatever it looks like, Jesus is still alive and he's still in control. And let me just say this as well. You know, every year I would challenge you and say, hey, Easter is the best time of the year to invite someone to church. And I think even in our current circumstances, I still think that that is true. I think that your friends and your neighbors Even people who don't live in this same town, now we have an opportunity to invite them to church on Easter. And so it's even easier now uh, than ever because you could just tag them in a post or you could send them uh, a Facebook message or a text message or something and invite them to be part of our Easter services. And leading up to Easter, we're just gonna talk about four characteristics of who Jesus is and what that means for us, we're going to talk about how Jesus is the provider. We're going to talk about how Jesus is the shepherd. We're going to talk about how on Easter, Jesus is the resurrection. And today, what we're going to do is we're going to start this series by just talking about how Jesus is the teacher. So here's what I need you to do. I need audience participation, even right there in your living room. We're just going to take a little survey. I need you to raise your hand. I know this might seem a little awkward for you raising your hand in your living room, but if I can preach to an empty room, then you can raise your hand there as well. And just help me out with this. How many of you have a teacher that maybe you could think of that was your favorite teacher? If you do, just tell your neighbor. Just tell uh, tell whoever's watching this with you who that was. Maybe it's a middle school teacher. Maybe it was an elementary teacher teacher, something like that. I'm thinking about a few of my favorite teachers. I mean, I remember uh, probably my all-time favorite teacher of all was actually a coach, Coach McClure. And he was my baseball coach in the seventh and the eighth grade. He was also a social studies teacher. And I think probably I loved Coach McClure because 
you know, he was baseball coach, and so I loved baseball. And then you know how coaches are with their, you know, as teachers, <laughs> they don't usually give a whole lot of homework because they want you to practice your sport. And so I loved Coach McClure, probably mostly loved him uh, the most because he loved his students. And, and man, that's what a teacher really does. And then I also had a few teachers who uh, probably weren't the best teachers. I'm thinking back to my elementary school days. I, I'm remembering I had in third grade, we had a teacher. Her name was Mrs. Sipes. And Mrs. Sipes was kind of a kind of a grumpy old lady. In fact, we had a name for Miss Sipes. Um, we called her, uh, I know this is not very nice, but we called her Mrs. Gripes because she was kind of grumpy. In fact, we even had a little saying, now you gotta remember we were in third grade when we were saying this, but we had a little saying, we said, Miss Sipes gripes while she wipes. I know I probably took that a little bit too far there, but I've seen some of y'all's memes about toilet paper as well, so I don't feel so bad about that. And I'm telling you, here's the thing, is whether it's a good teacher or a bad teacher, we've all had both of those, but here's what I wanna say is that, is that we all know that Jesus is the greatest teacher of all. In fact, I want to talk about it for just a minute and some of the things that he taught and some of the ways that he taught. So if you're taking notes, you can uh, write these two things down. And if you're not taking notes, I would challenge you, go ahead and get the LifeGate app because the notes are loaded there for you and you can follow along. And uh, just a couple of things uh, about the way that Jesus taught. The first thing I want you to see is that Jesus taught by what he said. Now, when we think of a teacher, I mean, obviously that's kind of the first thing that we think is we think, you know, someone who maybe gave a lesson or maybe taught a lecture or maybe when we're thinking about a teacher in church, we're thinking about someone who might preach a sermon. And of course, Jesus taught in these ways. In fact, the scripture says it like this in Matthew chapter four in verse 23, it says, Jesus went through Galilee teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. Jesus was a master teacher. I mean, you think about some of the lessons, some of the, some of the sermons that he preached. I mean, one of the most famous sermons that was ever preached in uh, Matthew chapter five is known as the Sermon on the Mount. And some of the principles that he taught in that sermon, I mean, we're still teaching and learning from those things today. And then, man, he was the master storyteller. You think about some of the parables that, that he taught and the stories that he told and the principles that went along with those stories like the prodigal son or the parable of the talents that, man, we still get so much depth of wisdom from those stories and those things that he taught. And Jesus used his words in such a way that, man, he was, he was the master at teaching. In fact, this is what John said about him in John chapter 7 and verse 46. It says, the words that he says are greater than the words of any other person who has ever spoken. Man, think about that for just a minute. Jesus, his words that he spoke are, are greater than any other words. His lessons that he taught were greater than any other lessons that have ever been taught. And man, that's incredible. And yet, even though he used his words to speak and that is, and to teach, and those things are so important, I think even more important than the things that Jesus said or the words that he taught is this second thought today. And it wasn't just by what he said, but here's how Jesus was truly the master teacher. It was in what he did. 
was in the life that he that he lived. It was in the example that he set for us. I mean, you think about Jesus. He was he was the perfect example. He taught with his life. You know, I think about myself a little bit and one of my, you know, one of my primary responsibilities as your pastor is to preach and teach God's word, to communicate the scripture to you. And man, I take that, I take that responsibility very seriously. In fact, I, I work hard at it to try to bring a message and bring a word that will be impactful to you, to bring it in such a way that, you know, that it will be inspiring and that in some ways maybe it's even entertaining enough to really kind of keep your attention and that it's accurate and it, and it inspires you to grow and towards life change. And I, I hope that is happening. But here's what I think is that even though I work hard at these times when I am communicating God's word. You know, the words that I say really wouldn't carry very much weight at all if I didn't try to live them in my life. And the truth is, is that, man, if I want you to listen to the words that I'm communicating, I have to be a person who is living out the example with the way that I am living. And I'm just telling you, like, nobody's perfect. I know I'm far from perfect when it comes to that. In fact, if I had to practice everything that I preach before I could preach it, man, my sermons would be really short because, man, I fall short in so many ways. And yet when you think about the life of Jesus, everything that he taught, he lived it perfectly. You think about it. Every sermon that he preached, he practiced it perfectly in his life. And nobody has ever been able to teach us in that way. His example was the example for us to follow. In fact, this is what Jesus says about himself in John chapter 13. Look what he says. He says, I gave you an example so that you would do as I have done. See, Jesus is the master teacher. Of course, he teaches us with the words that he has spoken but more than that, he teaches us by the life that he lived, by the example that he showed for us to follow. And here's what I want to do in the remaining few moments of this message is I want to look at a few of the lessons that Jesus taught with his life. And I know we could talk about dozens of different lessons that he taught us by the way that he lived. And so in order to just keep our time together short, what I want to do is I want to look at just even in the final few hours of Jesus's life, I want to just narrow it down to four things, four lessons that he taught us with his life. And if you're taking notes, you can write this first one down is that Jesus taught us how to serve. Man, you think about that, that Jesus was, man, he was the master at putting others before himself. He was the master at being a servant. And we see this in these final few hours of his life as Jesus, he knows that he's about to go to the cross. He knows that he's about to give himself for us. He knows the pain that he's about to endure. And in those final moments, he gathers his disciples around and and in this act of selflessness, even in the midst of a crisis situation of his life, I want you to see what he does in John chapter 13 and verse number one. It says, just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come to leave this world and to go to the Father. 
And having loved his dear companions, he continued to love them right up until the end. And it was supper time. And the devil uh, by now had Judas, so uh, son of Simon Iscariot, firmly in his grip, all set for the betrayal. And Jesus knew that the Father had put him in complete charge of everything and that he came from God and was on his way back to God. So notice what he did. So he got up from the supper table, set aside his robe, and put on an apron. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the feet of the disciples, drying them with his apron. And I want you to think about that. Here's Jesus, the Son of God. Here he is in this, in this difficult moment of his life. He, he knows he's going to the cross. He's in crisis mode, and yet right there in the middle of the crisis, he took the time to take the focus from himself, put the focus on others. He taught us how to serve. You know, the truth is, is that we're not very, uh, very good sometimes at serving. In fact, honestly, we live in a culture that is very self-serving, very me-centric kind of a culture. I mean, it shows up in the way that we do our relationships. But so many times it's all kind of like, hey, I love you, but what's in it for me? You know, hey, I I want my friends to be people who are always there for me. I want my friends to be people who immediately respond to my text when I send it to them. I want people, I want my friends to be people who like and comment on my Facebook post and and I'm upset if they don't. And I I want my friends to to be there when I need to pick up the phone and and need to call them or when I need somebody to help me move. And, And we want our friends to be there for us in our time of crisis but many times we're not the same towards them. Man, that's the way we are sometimes in our marriage. You know, we look for that spouse, that perfect spouse who will, you know, do the dishes and cook the dinner and rub our back every night and all of the things that we're looking for in a spouse. And yet sometimes we don't want to, we don't want to love them as Christ loved the church or we don't want to submit to them in the way that the scripture teaches us to do. Because the truth is we're not very good at serving. Most of the time, we we tend to want to serve ourselves. We're like that in church. We're like that in our job situations. We're especially like that in crisis situations. I mean, we've seen it over these last couple of weeks with all that's been going on in the world around us where when the crisis hits, what happens? Everyone's out there taking care of themselves. It's the reason we can't find toilet paper. It's the reason that that the shelves are empty at the grocery store because so many times we're not really good at serving. Jesus taught us to be a servant, that even in the moment of our crisis, that we are called to have what Philippians tells us to have the same attitude is that of Christ Jesus. And what was that attitude? That even though he was God, he put us first. He came down to give his life for us. What a powerful lesson. And I just challenge you to just take an inventory for just a minute. Just give yourself a grade. How are you doing in the area of serving? Like if you had to give yourself an A, a B, a C, maybe somebody would be like, hey, needs improvement in that area of your life. Jesus was the teacher. He taught us by example. He taught us how to serve. Notice number two, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. He didn't just teach us how to serve, but you know what? He taught us how to surrender. I think about Jesus in those final hours of his life. He got up from that dinner table and the scripture says that they went into the garden area. 
And he went away just a little further away from the disciples and he found a place to pray. And as he began to pray, there was this, there was this inner conflict that was happening inside, inside of him because he knew what was coming. He knew that he was about to be betrayed. He knew that he was about to be arrested and he was going to be falsely accused and he was going to give his life. He knew that the time was going to come, that all of the sin of the world was going to be heaped upon him. And there was this, this struggle that he, was, that he was facing. Of course, he is deity, he is God, and yet at the same time he was fully man. And so the flesh inside of him didn't want to, to surrender even though he knew this was God's will. And so he prayed. The Bible says that, that he agonized with God and he prayed to the point where his sweat became like great drops of blood. And what was this agony? It was this, it was this agony and this conflict over surrender. Will I do what God wants me to do? Or will I do what my own flesh wants me to do? And in the end, he taught us this incredible lesson in surrendering to God's plan because even in the pain, he knew the pain that he was going to face, but even in the middle of that, we know what he prayed. He said, Lord, if you would take this cup from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will. He taught us an incredible lesson in surrendering to God's plan, his will for our lives. And if we're all honest, I think maybe some of you, even as you're watching Today, maybe you're experiencing a conflict inside of you. Maybe there are some areas of your life where, uh, man, there's things that you're going, hey, God, I'll give you this part of my life. But then there are these other parts where I'm not really sure I'm ready to surrender. In fact, some of you have even been experiencing like, like times when it's been difficult to sleep at night because you know you're holding on to that thing that God is saying, I want every part of your life. Some of you may be in, are experiencing even some anxiety or maybe even, maybe even some health issues or some stomach issues or whatever because you know inside your heart there's that one area of your life that God has gone, I want you to surrender this to me. I want you to just take a little self-inventory today and just, just think to yourself, how am I doing? Give yourself a grade in the area of surrender. Jesus was the master teacher. He taught us with his life. He taught us how to he taught us how to surrender number three write this one down jesus taught us how to suffer oh man this is a lesson that none, none of us really want to learn today i know i mean i know that i'm all about my comfort and i like it when everything is going good but boy it's a struggle when things aren't going quite as well as i would like and this is what we see happen with jesus in those final those final moments of his life he gets up from that garden and of course we know he's betrayed and he's taken to court and he's falsely accused and, and we know that they take him and, and they beat him and they place him on a cross and we know the agony and the pain that he experiences, a death that was reserved for only the worst of criminals and yet Jesus didn't deserve any of it and yet he suffered and he died. You know, here's what I know about about me and probably about you is that I'm not very good at suffering. I don't like it when there's difficulty and I struggle and I especially struggle when the suffering is something that I don't even deserve. I mean, think about Jesus as he hung upon that cross. He didn't do anything to deserve it and yet here he is going through the agony and the suffering and the pain. And yet as he did, he showed us 
how to, how to suffer correctly. I mean, I think about there he is as he's, he's being put on trial. He's being falsely accused. And what did he do? He didn't try to defend himself. He didn't try to make excuses. He didn't try to blame anybody else. He just stood there quietly and took it. You know, here's what I know is when things aren't going good and it's not my fault, well, I do a lot of talking. And I want everybody to know this is not my fault. I might even, you know, sometimes even be trying to make excuses or put the blame on others for why I'm going through what I'm going through. But Jesus, he didn't have to defend himself. What he realized in the middle of serving, of, of, of suffering, was that God was his defender. And that if he would just trust God, that in God's way, in God's time, he would work it all together. And maybe some of you, that's you, like you're in the midst of suffering that you didn't even bring upon yourself and you're trying so hard to, de to defend yourself and you just need to realize God's your defender. If you'll trust him, he'll even work the suffering together for good in your life. And you notice that as he's hanging on that cross and he's experiencing the brutal pain and suffering that he's experiencing, notice he didn't allow anger or resentment or bitterness to get inside him. You know, that's what we do sometimes when struggles come our way. Well, it's easy to get angry. It's easy to maybe get frustrated or allow resentment or bitterness inside us. But as he hung on that cross in the middle of his suffering, notice the words that he said. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. Even though they're bringing this suffering upon me, I'm not holding it against them. And then in some of his final words, man, I think it's interesting that in the midst of his suffering, he cries out and he says these words, my God, my God, why? Notice this, in the middle of his suffering, he didn't turn to others with his questions. He turned his questions to God. And there may be some of you that are right now. I mean, we're all kind of in this situation together and who knows what it's gonna look like over the next few weeks. And maybe some of you are, are suffering because maybe you've lost your job because of this situation or, or maybe uh, you know someone who is suffering uh, from a health issue or whatever may be going on in your life and the tendency is to turn your questions all other directions. But Jesus, the master teacher, taught us how to turn our questions to God. He taught us how to suffer. Finally, today, I want you to notice that Jesus didn't just teach us, he didn't just teach us how to surrender. He didn't just teach us how to serve and how to suffer. But finally, I want you to notice that Jesus taught us how to finish strong. In fact, I think Jesus's greatest lesson that he taught us was in the final words that he spoke as he hung upon that cross. There he is in the midst of his suffering. And he speaks these words, it is finished. Jesus was a finisher. The truth is that most of us, man, we struggle in this area big time. It's a lesson we all need to learn because we've all got areas where, man, we didn't finish what we started. Sometimes we get tired. Sometimes we get frustrated. Sometimes we get distracted or bored. And man, the truth is, is that we could all be better finishers. And Jesus taught us that we're not to finish until the mission, the work, the vision has been completed. And maybe there are some of you that are here today that Maybe even in the midst of what you're facing right now, you have found yourself uh, discouraged, maybe even, maybe even wanting to give up and wanting 
to quit. But what I want to challenge you with is that if you don't give up, it's in the midst of the suffering and the struggle that if you keep pressing forward that God begins to work. In fact, I'm reminded of one of my favorite passages of scripture in Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 9 that says, Let us not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I want to encourage you today, even in the difficulties that we are facing together. Don't give up. Don't give up on God. That he would want to teach us these lessons that yes, oh man, during this time we're going to take the focus from ourselves and we're going to put the focus on serving others. That man, during this time we're going to be submitted and surrendered to God's purpose and his will for us. That even when we're struggling and even when we're suffering, we're going to know that God's plan is perfect and it is right and that we're going to continue to follow him knowing that his ways are better than ours. He's a master teacher. So what do we do? Here's what we do. I, I'm so encouraged by this one last passage of scripture in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 1. And this is what it says. It says that we just watch what God does and do it. What do we do with these lessons that that Jesus has taught us, we just watch, we learn, and then we do what he has done. And that's what I would challenge you to do, that you would just take a lesson from the servant that, that he served us and that we would serve others, that we would submit ourselves and surrender ourselves fully to God, that even in the midst of suffering that we would not give up and we would know that he has finished the work. In fact, that's the message of the gospel today, that Jesus has finished the work, the work that we could not finish on our own. He completed it so that we could have a way to the Father. Maybe there are some of you that are here today that maybe you're not where you need to be in your relationship with the Lord. The truth is, the message of the gospel is that Jesus has finished the work, the work that we could never do on our own. You see, it doesn't matter how good of a person you are. It doesn't matter how many good deeds you do. It doesn't matter how many times you go to church or how much you give in the offering. No amount of good works can ever finish the work. But the truth is that Jesus has done it for us. And if you're watching online today and you're not in a relationship with God or you're not where you should be with him, now is the moment in time to take a self-evaluation. Where are you at? If you're not right with God, you can be today. All you have to do is just call upon him. The Bible says all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I would love for you to pray this prayer with me today. If you're not where you should be with God, just pray this with me right there where you're at at home. Lord Jesus, thank you for the work that you have done. You taught us how to live, but you gave your life so that we could live for eternity. Today, I give my life to you. Forgive me of my sins. Be my savior in Jesus' name, amen. If that's you and you said that prayer, let us know in the comments or send us a message. We would love to follow up with you and help you to take next steps. The rest of you, thank you so much for joining us today. Let's continue to grow in our relationship with the Lord.